This is Grown Up With Kids, the parenting and marriage podcast that gives a weekly dose of encouragement, wisdom, and humor for people trying their best to live, love, and laugh more with their families. Thanks for joining us. Hey, hey, today we talk about the benefits of pursuing deep friendships. Also, we gamify our parenting and David flummoxes Rachel. (laughs) Not in a weird way. Kids podcast. I'm David. I'm Rachel. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. We're here to host a new year for you. Good old parents. <laughs> Yo, so and so's. Yo, so and so. How would you rate the end of your year, the beginning of your new year? I'm thankful to say goodbye to 2020. Mm-hmm. I think most of us are. Yeah. I'm hopeful. So I would say the end of the new year was fantastic. It was, uh, you know, what was really fun was we stayed home as a family in our neighborhood, as did many uh, families. And what was really fun was we stepped outside at midnight and like families were outside, like shooting fireworks off. And it was like this like down home feel, you know, yeah. everyone's at home. We all were kind of in it together and it was fun. Yeah, we didn't actually see each other because it was so dark, but we could hear them right. yelling. <laughs> right. There was a lot of yelling, a lot of fireworks. It was, yeah, it was a special night. Yeah, it was fun. I'm happy to be in 2021. Uh, one highlight of the last week for me um, is relearning that gamification in parenting works. <laughs> gamification? <laughs> yeah. Describe what you mean. Did you make that up? No, that's like a, a thing. Like. <laughs> You're totally lying to me. No, that's a real thing. Like, there's, like, (laughs) the idea of, like, gamification in um, apps. So, like, uh, what's the Robinhood or those, like, investing apps? Like, part of it is, like, the gamification of it. You get points. Oh, yeah. So, the Um, gamification of investing. That that's a yes. That oh. was my example. Yeah, yep. got it. But I'm talking I'm about parenting, <laughs> right? <laughs> we didn't change what we talk about, did no, we? No, no. Because um, I did not do research for investing. <laughs> As a side note, I am a little bit distracted because our children are lighting a fire outside, and they just brought up a massive box that appears to be yeah, going so up in flames. It'll if you be hear fine. some swear words and a oh, and a muffled uh, running away, <laughs> that's us putting out the fire at the last minute. It'll be fine, I'm sure. <laughs> So, so the gamification. gamification is the idea of like you turn things into a competition or give people rewards or points. Um, and this came up first because we were on a hike recently with our kids. And one of them was not enjoying it that much. And yeah. then and we're just walking. You know, there's a path. It's up in the mountains. So it's a hard hike. But it's like it's, there's a path. We're not like out in the wilderness in the middle of nowhere. But then there were some places where you could like cut through where it felt like you were, oh, I'm making my own path. And whenever we did that, he would run and be like, Dad, let's go. Da, 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 da. Yeah, he was like superhero mode. And then we'd get back on the path and be like, uh, I want to go home. <laughs> and then the next <laughs> one I'd be like, oh, let's cross this way. He's like, okay, let's do it. So as long as we were like climbing up logs and going through like little crevices and all that sort of thing, he was all about it. Yeah. But if it felt like a walk, He's like, no, no. <laughs> like, this is boring. Yeah. And so that, mundane. like, I, I registered that in my brain, like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then a couple of days later, uh, we told our kids to go clean their rooms. And one of the kids, of course, was like, I don't want to. And one of us said, well, I don't think you can do it in less than five minutes. 
And there and he, he went. <laughs> his eyes went huge. Like, oh, all of a sudden, you're challenging me to a competition. And he ran up the stairs. And yeah. he was gone for a long time. Like, he must have cleaned for like 15 minutes because he has no <laughs> sense of time, I don't think. Yeah. No, none of our kids do. Uh, so anyway, it's just a reminder that we can make things they don't want to do fun or like competitive or gamify it in some way. Yeah. And they'll often do it more with more pleasure for them. So yeah, yeah. I think we lead the way in that like parents have the power to improve a situation by like making something um, different than what it seems. So like making a bad situation better. (laughs) Let's talk about that hike really quickly. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we get to the place to hike and I look on the little map and it says four and a half miles and it says strenuous next to it. I don't think I told you this. Um, Not beforehand. (laughs) Because I would have been like, hey, where's the two-mile one? (laughs) So we're not like an avid hiking family. We like being outside. We like adventures. But I wouldn't say we go out every weekend. I like being on my porch outside, (laughs) hearing the neighbors shoot fireworks. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. With my coffee in the morning. That's about it. Um, So we start on this hike, and I had a little map that wasn't super clear, but there was a lot of curvy parts around the middle. (laughs) And so I said, "He." so you were like... You know, like, where are we on the map? And I smugly was like, oh, I know exactly where we are. We're at the squiggly parts. (laughs) Like, clearly. We weren't. We weren't even halfway. So we come up. It's like 4.30 or 5, coming up to 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And we'd been hiking for a while. I think we could have made it the rest of the way. But at that point, we realized we are only halfway. Squiggly marks. We're on the front end of the squiggly marks. And we're only halfway at this, like, lower parking parking lot. And And we're at the upper parking deck. And we were parked at the upper parking deck. And so we would have to go the second half of this hike, which the first half took us hours, right? So we had to make a friend who drove us to the lot. They were so nice. They were so nice. They drove you to the parking lot. I I was a little bit nervous that you were going to be, something was going to happen to you. Taken? Yes. But (laughs) the wife and the kid like stayed in the parking lot, the other parking lot with us and with our boys. So I felt it was fine. I figured if anything happens, I've got his wife. And so like, I'll take her. You probably could have taken her. (laughs) (laughs) Although her, the grandma was with them and she was feisty. Yeah. Anyway. You're meaner than both of them. I think you, like when you want to be. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's true. So anyway, we made a friend and, um, I thought that was, I thought that was really nice of them to take us back. <laughs> it was super nice of them. It saved us a lot of headache. Yeah, what I learned is that it's important to have friends. Yeah. And that, Rachel, yep. is a well, unplanned, but well-crafted segue. I had it planned. <laughs> I had a plan. Undiscussed. The whole time. <laughs> the majority of our marriage is me having a plan and not discussing it with you. <laughs> and then me being like, wow, that worked out great. What are the odds? <laughs> Yeah. So let's talk about relationships, Rachel. Let's talk about relationships. <laughs> Delilah. <laughs> I could have a sexy voice that could be a, I could be a radio host. You could be. Do you maybe, hear, maybe I need to lower my voice. Maybe you could be a co-host of a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Think about it. Could. I don't know. Think about it. So um, inciting incident yesterday. All I mean by that is it incited me to think about something, (laughs) which was we decided to throw away our DVD player, which meant we threw away all of our DVDs, except we found like some personal DVDs like that people had made 
for us but around the same time, like kind of post-college. And so before we, we gave away the DVD player and all the other DVDs of like Spider-Man and whatever, we watched them. And uh, it, it just occurred to me watching like you and your roommates in college and me and a couple of my friends, some of whom I knew since high school, uh, like how deep those friendships were. And like several of those people are still really in our lives, right? Yeah. Even though we don't live anywhere near them, which is awesome to think about. Um, and it also made me think about how hard it is to make friendships as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's the new year, it reminded me last year, we, we're not good at resolutions. I can't remember if we talked about or claimed. We did. I think last year at this time we were talking about that. Yeah. I don't know if we claimed to make some resolutions. I think I said I was going to drink more water and that lasted till the COVID hit. And then I drank nothing but coffee <laughs> and beer. <laughs> I was just like uppers and downers all day. <laughs> um, but anyway, we, this was less of a resolution and more of a like, hey, in 2020, there's a handful of people couple couples that we really want to invest in and we decided to do that and I feel like we actually followed through and that those friendships deepened they were people we were friends with um, but we really got to go deeper um, and so it just kind of rem- it, it was like a really good commitment for us to make and we've talked about what that means for 2021 so I wanted to use our podcast to talk about this idea of intentionality around a small number of friendships and how important and valuable and fruitful that can be for parents of kids. And obviously that's what you're a parent of. Um, (laughs) Especially parents of probably like younger kids uh, when so much of your effort and energy is focused on just surviving and getting to the next day and getting everyone to where they need to be and back. Yeah, I agree. And I just want to make a note that um, because you are pursuing a couple or a handful of friendships more um, rigorously does not exclude that you still have other acquaintances and friendships on the side and whatnot. But one thing that we found that was really important this year was that not only um, was it was it good for us to be intentional with these relationships, but it was a discipline to offer ourselves in a way that felt a little bit uncomfortable at times to just a few trusted friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really good. And I think I actually um, received a lot from that, from that practice of offering something that I'm not used to offering, um, which is a really vulnerable pursuit in saying, hey, I really like you. Can we hang out again? Yeah. <laughs> you know, which seems like a relatively normal thing to do or it's like what you see in movies but I would say in common life it's not something that you necessarily express very readily in in adult relationships yeah I think in your 30s um and now in our 40s at least one of us is in our 40s your your age is unknown um it's probably 25 probably uh in your 30s and 40s um it you sort of float in and out of friendships, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like people are there, like you meet people at work, and so you become like colleagues and friends. Your kids are in schools or pre-K, and so you might hang out there or be part of different volunteer opportunities, and so you end up with friends there. Um, and so we've had friendships and some mm-hmm. pretty deep friendships as well, uh, but this was us stepping back and saying, like, who do we really want to go deeper with, like you said? Who do we really respect and admire and feel like we could get a lot out of but also could offer them a lot? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then, you know, thinking through how to make that happen. Yeah. Um, and- so, you're, so you're saying that 
Like we've shifted from sort of living in the circumstantial relationships into a more intentional relationship with people that we, there's like a mutual admiration. Is that right? Yeah, and I, I by no means would I say that our friendships that we've had in the past were all circumstantial or, sure. you know, it was just, we, we were at a point where it's like, okay, we had some deep friendships, we had some acquaintances, and we have other subsets of people that you sort of run into or whatever, and we identified two people that, two families at that point that we felt like, well, actually it was four, um, that we really felt like we're kind of on the cusp of being deep with them, and mm-hmm. we want to be intentional about making those relationships deep, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um as opposed to, you know, spreading around and being like, well, we're just going to keep all these acquaintances at the same level. Does that make sense? Right. Because like, we only have so much time, so much energy. And so for some people that might work, but I think it actually, to your point, it's a discipline that comes with a real blessing uh, to take certain friendships and try to make those deep. And so that requires more time requires more vulnerability, which mm-hmm. is what you said, which is the scary part. You know, we had to put ourselves out there. We didn't necessarily say, hey, we have selected you <laughs> as no, the 20th. 20- <laughs> so dumb. And uh, so dumb. But, but we were m- more outwardly um, communicative about like, hey, we would really like to see you guys again soon. Like, you know, and here's what we like about you. Like, we, we put ourselves out there a little bit yeah. um, to make it clear that we wanted to see them and that we really valued their friendship. Uh, and, and then kind of, I would say sort of saw how that played out. Does that make sense? Like gave them the freedom to to, To to, to respond or not. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And I think that's a, that's a really important point when you're making adult friends is that not everybody's going to respond the same way that you desire and that's okay. You know, like it's no skin off your back, but, um, shame on me if I don't try or if I don't push into it. Yeah, I think... Um, it is really good to be able to sort of gauge and understand the level of interest coming from them. Yeah. <laughs> in this case, we're saying them because we're talking about couples, but in any individual friendship as well, like someone just may not have that space. Yeah. Someone may not be that into you. <laughs> and that's not a, there have been people who have been not that into us. So that's fine. We're loud. Oh, it's yeah. Fine. There's definitely some friends that were like, they only hang out with us if we, this was like years ago that I'm thinking of someone in particular was like, they only hung out with us if we like pursued it. Yeah. And even that, I think they were sort of reluctant. <laughs> After a while, we're like, okay, we really like hanging out with them, but, but it's clearly not working out. working on their end. Yeah. So like, that's like, those are, those, that's, that's the risk in putting yourself out there. And saying, you know, like I'd like to hang out. The other person just may not have space or time, or yeah. their circumstances may be different, or they may be pursuing something different. You know, yeah, and that's that, okay, exactly. <laughs> and just move on, you know, move on or leave that friendship at the level it's at if yeah. that's what they want to give. Yeah. So you and I just hold hands and we buck up little campers <laughs> and walk on. <laughs> uh, yeah, you say that because we're sort of like laughing through our shame because we both hate being rejected. <laughs> totally. But it's okay. It's yeah, okay. It is. And I think it also gives me freedom at least to also say I might not have space to respond well right now and to be clear about that and say, you know, like here's what I have to offer. Um, and some of what I have to offer might be like, hey, I love seeing you at the soccer field when our kids are playing on the same team. And that's and about that's it. That's about the end of what I can offer right now. Yeah. And, and so um, I think I think both of those things are important to receive, not the rejection, but yeah, in some ways the unrequited desire for the friendship, but also to say I really just don't have that to offer. Yeah, I think that teaches our kids a lot. Yeah, um, 
I act like they're watching us, but they're not. <laughs> oh, they're watching us. Uh, I, yeah, I think that this, like, almost everything we talk about can be taken by certain people, including us sometimes, as something to feel guilt about, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I should... Most of my life I feel guilt about. <laughs> <laughs> like, I should be friends with these people, right? Yeah. And I just want to be clear, that's not what we're talking about. Like, this was not, oh, these are people we should be friends with. These are people we really want to be friends with and pursue. Um, And so as you're hearing us talk, and we said there were four families, two of them we, like, live essentially next to. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like there wasn't a lot of geography to cover. Um, But, uh, you know, I, I would say you should not feel guilty. You might be like, we could really only invest in one family right now because we have a one-year-old or whatever we have twins whatever you're doing in life like your capacity and other people might like just have such a higher need for socialization than certainly I do and it's like I need 10 people to pursue yeah (laughs) and that's fine too this isn't a shoulda woulda this is an encouragement to really embrace what your uh, level of need is for friendship and then to be the one who's pursuing that and be take that risk Yeah, I would say, like, to break it down, one, I would say we encourage you to uh, engage in relationships as high as your capacity will allow. And when you think about the relationships that you want to engage in, being sure that they're really life-giving for you and for them. Like, so some some things to think about in a process that we went through a year ago that I would say was really fruitful is thinking about who we um, admire Um, the people that we look at and we're like, man, we like their marriage. We want a marriage like theirs, or we want to be raising kids like them. I think that there's, um, there's something to be said about your kids being the same age. I think that that sometimes can end up being a default to circumstance and not as intentional from an adult perspective. So that might be part of it, but it certainly shouldn't be the thing that is driving that relationship. I would say, um, looking for people who, are who you, who you want to be like. You know, they always say, look at the five people you surround yourself yeah. with. Those are the people you're going to be like. That's the income level you'll be at. That's the drive that you'll have. And I think that's really true. So taking a step back and evaluating those relationships, I think, is helpful to say. It, it is, it's not only helpful in saying, okay, I need relationships, but also being intentional about, like, who do I want to be? What do I have to offer them? Um, where um, Where can we meet up outside of just circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the kid age thing I think is interesting because um, it is a lot easier if you can hang out as families because your kids are all the same age. There have been some people on our list that have younger kids than us. Mm-hmm. And so really most of our time together has been like porch social distance porch dates after kids are in bed, right? Right, because our kids are old enough now to stay home. And we have a little bit more freedom. I think that's the other thing that we should talk about is that we didn't have a ton of freedom without our kids driving some of the decisions about who we were hanging out with. And now that we have a little bit more freedom with kids being at home, we can go and be a bit more intentional with our life in general. But relationships is one of those places that's really an outpouring of that. Yeah, and so when you have younger kids... And it's expensive to go see people because you have to pay a babysitter. <laughs> yeah. You know, this might be more of a, like, oh, 
I find a guy or two that I really want to spend time with and have a cup of coffee with on a regular basis or just like, and you find a woman like that's more common the last 10 years of our life. I would say. Yeah. When you're raising young kids. Because we didn't have the ability just to, you know, walk to someone's house and hang out. We couldn't just dilly dally around. No, there was no dilly dally. (laughs) There was one of us who had to be home taking care of children. The other one could have a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the stage of this could be different. I would say when it is like a couple or a family you're pursuing, um, if it's a couple, to talk with your spouse about like, do we all get along? Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes like we've been in relationships where like I really hit it off with the husband and it's just not a great fit for you or vice versa. Yeah. Um, usually the other because I'm the awkward one. Like, and so it's like everyone else gets along, but I'm just like staying <laughs> in the not, corner. <laughs> that's not always true. Um, but, and then if you're, you know, thinking more of the family level, like you do need to see and make sure that your kids get along to some degree. Like you don't just be like, Hey, we're going to be friends with this family, even though their kids are <laughs> terrorizing you the whole time or, yeah. or you're bored out of your mind. Cause you're the only one who's over, you know, six. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so I think thinking that through is helpful, but especially the spouse thing and making sure like we're both excited about pursuing these people. If you're at that stage where you can pursue, um, couple friends, yeah. uh, you know, and and then if you are at that stage, like trying to pursue people who are at a different stage, like they have younger kids, they're empty nesters, maybe they're young marrieds and don't have kids. Like I think that kind of diversity in your interactions and relationships is really awesome. Like it's really encouraging. You get an opportunity to encourage them if you're further down the road. Um, it's life-giving in both directions. So not just like getting pigeonholed into we only hang out with other, you know, 40-year-olds with kids the exact same age. Yeah, I totally agree. That's it? You just agree? You got nothing <laughs> Sorry, else? Sorry, I, I had something. <laughs> we might need to pause. <laughs> no, no, keep going. Uh, well, I had something in my head that I was thinking about, and I can't remember now. Yeah. The only other thing I have that I wanted to say is um, kind of coming full circle to where you started, which is like this takes a certain amount of courage. Mm-hmm. And so like one area for me is... I don't know if this is a man thing or just me thing or an introvert thing or whatever, but like it sort of feels weird just to text people out of the blue or mm-hmm. and even weirder just to call them like with, <laughs> without like, Hey, we're scheduling something or yeah. I have like a purpose. But I think that like when I get a text or a random phone call and someone's like, Hey, I just want to see how you're doing. I love it. Right. Yeah. But I just feel weird doing it. And so I've had to push myself into that more and say, oh, I was just thinking about this person or I saw a joke that reminded me of them or whatever uh, or something, a beer they might like and then just like forwarding that to them or texting them or giving them a call and just saying, hey, I just want to see how you're doing. Yeah. I feel like we've lost some of that in our, uh, I don't know if we've lost it or not. I, I don't do it very well. And so for me, that's it t- feels like a risk, but it's a risk that has paid off. Like when I do that, I get more dialogue. There's more conversation. There's more knowledge of each other. And I feel like the relationship grows. And again, that's where you gauge. Like if they don't respond to texts, like that's fine. Like maybe you should stop <laughs> yeah. bothering them and that's okay. Just relax. And if they Take like over it. overdo it, where every time you text them, they text you 10 times, you can be like, okay, maybe I'm not gonna, <laughs> maybe I'll just call, you know? But like it's okay to like walk through that and it's messy. Yeah, and I think it's a good thing to let, um, I would say live out loud with our kids, like model with our kids because the ultimately I really want them to live full adult lives that have a lot of good relationships. I want them to have the college experiences where, 20 years after college, they're watching videos that are amazing and hilarious yeah. and um, and with and filled with a lot of laughter with good friends. And so I think 
that courage, sometimes when I feel a lack of courage in reaching out to relationships, I do think of my kids and I want them to see me in relationship. Like I want them to know how to do it, not just because I tell them, but because I'm showing them this is what it looks like and letting them in on the rejection and saying, man, this is kind of a hard relationship right now and I'm working through it, you know, um, but letting them see that you're fully human in feeling the rejection in relationship, especially when they're in middle school, yeah. I think that's really important because I think that you can get caught in your head as a kid, and if you don't see your parents ever failing or ever being courageous and stepping out, mm-hmm. you're just unlikely to do so, or you or you think something might be wrong with you. So I would encourage parents to develop relationships outside of your kids where they can see the full picture. Yeah, I think it normalizes and sort of sets an expectation for this is what adult and lifelong friendship looks like. And mm-hmm. as you were talking, it, it occurred to me that you and I both have some good models of that. Like mm-hmm. uh, my mom has some friendships that she's had for decades. Your parents have some friends that they've known essentially since they moved to Denver, right? Mm-hmm. And like those have been lifelong friendships that you've seen evolve over time uh, and we've seen evolve and and kind of gives a, a template for, oh, this is what that can look like. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I, I would say that college is like one of those primary forming points and when you're first married. I don't know. There are some like transitions in life that... Mm-hmm that offer themselves or lend themselves well to that. Yeah. So go be courageous. Go make some friends. Do it for your kids. Do it for you. Have a happy new year. And do it for your marriage. It's good for your marriage to have friends. Absolutely. Anyway, happy new year. Let's go to the stat of the week, Rach. Stat of the week. All right, Rach. Dave, what's up? Dave. Well, yeah, I've said that for a long time. You know where that comes from is we watched those videos yesterday and your buddy Timmy always says Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. So good, Timmy. All right, Rach. So we um, have talked about that big, like, Harvard study and there's a big British study, like, longitudinal study that goes back to the 1930s and essentially Mm -hmm. shows that one of the biggest predictors of happiness in old age or later in life is money. (laughs) It's not money. (laughs) Really? It's like friendships and close uh, relationships, marriages and stuff like that. Oh, I should have guessed that because that's our topic today. Yeah, look at that, me (laughs) bringing it all back together. (laughs) And uh, there's actually science that shows that sleeping more leads to better social interactions and a greater desire to have social interactions. Yeah, that makes sense. Interesting. More than a higher salary or money or... Yeah, exercise. Well, yeah, it's. I don't know if it's more than all those, but it is often more than those. In fact, they did one study where they just looked at, um, and I'll post this in there if anyone wants to read it. No one really does, but anyway, <laughs> it was so interesting. They essentially looked at how much people slept and then what distance they wanted to be away from people when they talked to them. This is outside of the context of COVID, so okay. that was an issue. And like people who slept worse or less, like wanted to be further apart physically from people. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And like that's why I'm so aloof because I never sleep. <laughs> no, that's why you're on top of me. Hey, David. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. I slept for eight hours. <sighs> but what, uh, there was another um, study done like over a decade ago, I think, and one of the authors made the point that getting an extra hour of sleep was had a greater increase on happiness than an, a, an increase in salary. Really? Up to a certain amount. Can you, do you have a guess on 
how on much the more increase? yeah how much more money you need to make to start making it more impactful on your happiness than, than actually getting a, more sleep getting more sleep gosh oh this is hard is it in thousands or in percentage it's in uh, it's in tens of thousands I'll give you that little hint tens of thousands um I'm gonna say is it like twenty two thousand you're not even close really not even close really yeah like. This is we're talking about like the increase from an already established salary. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is it like a hundred thousand? Not quite, no. It's 80? Six, it's sixty grand. What? So according to uh, Norbert Schwartz, who's one of the co authors. Norbert so, wait, wait, hold on. Yeah. You're saying that I could either take sixty grand or more a year or sleep an hour more a night. Mm-hmm. And they are saying that it would take so if, if, if the offer was 55000 or $59,000 or sleep an extra hour, people would choose sleep and not $59,000? It's not you choosing between the two. It's like you study people's income, how much they sleep, all these other factors. Yeah. And what is most highly interrelated with people's happiness. Oh, my gosh. And people who make less money but sleep more or sleep better. Uh-huh. Are happier than people who make more money and don't sleep well. So, what am I saying? saying? So, what you're saying (laughs) is that if I have enough money to buy a super good mattress, and that will I don't think this is about the mattress for most people. There are some people (laughs) who need a better mattress, better accommodations, absolutely. But for you, it is about you and I actually getting the sleep we need. And we know, we know. How miserable we are when we don't sleep well. Like, I, yeah. I believe this 100%. Yeah, like, I totally agree. So the quote from the psychologist is that making 60 grand more in annual income has less of an effect on your daily happiness than getting one extra hour of sleep a night. That, so, that's fascinating. So, you know, I recommend you do both. Like, right. making more money and <laughs> sleep more. But if you can only do one, or you got you to start somewhere, yeah. go ahead and sleep more, and you probably, uh, you'll be happier. You'll probably produce more. And you'll produce more. That's so interesting. It does make me want to go to bed on time tonight. Let's do it. And sleep in in the morning. What is it? Oh, what? wait. <laughs> I can't yeah. do that. <laughs> and just let's just sleep forever. We'd be uh, so happy. I know. It's worth 60 grand. I feel like that was the first day of the week that I've done that like flummoxed you. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of interesting that, I, I mean, like, I just, I don't think we give enough credit to sleep. I've recently been, of course, it's the new year. So I've been talking and thinking about like diet and exercise, you know, like what right. I want to be. And there's so much emphasis on diet and exercise, but I think that sleep and water and being outdoors are things that we don't really give enough credit to that are really, really affecting our health. Yeah. If you want to mix all three of those, you could sleep outdoors and I will pour water on you all night. Perfect. I'm I'm a giver. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Hey, thank you for working on the farm. Thank you for working on the farm. Check ya. Check ya.